the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain Nutrition, Chewing the Fat, episode 80. What do you know about that? Right, it's another client call. So we get a couple of questions, a couple of comments from our clients during the calls. These are our weekly calls. We support, educate, empower our clients through their entire fat loss journey. If you want to know more, get involved. Um, But we are talking about building good habits and eliminating bad habits and how we can make that happen throughout your fat loss journey or the easiest ways of doing that. So, hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. Don't be shy. Okay, we are live, good to go. Myself and James here today going to talk about habits, I think. That's right. Yes? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Building good habits, eliminating bad habits, kind of what are habits. Just, you know, overall habits in general, Joe. I've even got notes. Very good. Have you got a cat mug? Yes. Excellent. (laughs) It's got pink glasses on. Be, this would be great. This would be it's creaky chair. This would be great for a podcast. Right. It sounded like a, a cat sound effect on your mug. Well, sound like a cat as well. <laughs> so habits. Everyone has them, good and bad. But obviously, we want to tip the balance more towards good than the bad ones. Um, so I think that is what we are. Well, not I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, how to create good habits, how to overcome bad habits, whether you can just ignore bad habits. The answer is no. There's a quick, a quick win for you. Um, but then what to do about it? Kind of, Yeah, I think it's just it's something that's kind of cropped up quite a bit with a few of my clients. Just a few kind of common things that I'm sure you will share. Um, the passion for Joe, the passion and the swearing. So if you look up, the dictionary definition of habit, which I've done, it is a long, loose garment worn by a member of a religious order. <laughs> <laughs> or a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to give up. So then in brackets, he has an annoying habit of interrupting me. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't even script that, could you? So I think kind of looking at what, habits are and why we have them i think for me is is a good start and you think i mean i don't know i'll probably butcher all this you've read atomic habits haven't you yeah, i've read I've, i don't think i've read that one but i've read a few habit-based books correct right so i'll probably butcher a lot of the, the studies and stuff like that um but you're saying like there's, there's so many millions and hundreds of thousands of decisions that we have to make every single day like every minute every hour that if we didn't have you know habits which we believe are kind of subconscious your head would explode. So quite often, a habit is something where you you almost kind of go through a process. You see something that's happening, and then you go, or you know, something. There's some kind of trigger, and your body kind of goes through this process of right. What do I do now? And what's the kind of the most common thing that I've done time after time after time? 
And that's what happens. So kind of when you think about building habits, you know, it's everyone's, well, pretty much everyone's habit. It's pretty much, you know, kind of get up and at some point you brush your teeth. You know, whether that's before your breakfast, after your breakfast, before your shower, after your shower, whatever it is. But that's something that's been instilled in you. That is something that you, you're not born with, that habit. You know what I mean? Like if anyone's got kids, you know you have to encourage your children to brush their teeth morning and evening until it becomes second nature. And it's that path, you know, when we get more into talking about like emotional eating and stuff like that, it's you'll have a trigger, you're upset or you're tired or whatever it is. And your brain goes through this quick Rolodex of I'm tired or I'm upset. What do I do now? Oh, I eat cake. And that's what your body does. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about, kind of like hardwiring these things, how to set good habits. That's the end of the podcast. Go. Yeah, so a good a good point to go into that is kind of the percentage of habits that are, the percentage of actions that are habitual. And supposedly the different studies say different things. Maybe like 40% of what we do is subconscious. And they did a... They first kind of realized this when they studied rats. They put them in a maze. It's like a T, it's like a T-shaped maze, and there was chocolate at the end of it. It's in the dark. So when the rats could smell the chocolate, their brain activity went up. It was quite, it's quite high level. Then it found the chocolate and it came back down because it was happy to have to do any more thinking. And then over a period of time, once they got used to going to the end of the maze and turning right, is they would have the trigger. They'd smell the chocolate, but then it would take very little brain activity for them to be able to find the chocolate. And this is what you just alluded to there is that because there's so many things we have to do in order to make this possible, you know, we have to be able to do these things out thought. We need to be able to tie our shoelaces. Driving a car is a perfect example. You know, there's so many things going off at once. You have to be able to do it habitually. You know, people often say, don't they, you know, I, I could drive for hundreds of miles. I've got no real idea what's going on. I don't, you know, I've just done it all on autopilot, which is kind of terrifying driving a ton of metal at 80 miles an hour without any real thought. But that's just how we get through life. I think that this is why one of the first points I want to make on habits is people always want this process to be easier. That's your reward for ingraining these habits is that one of the things, you know, I like to say to my clients is just the reason it's easier for me is because exercise and eating well has become a habit. So batch cooking, exercising most days a week, that's just something that I've done. So now it takes less effort. And I think that when people start or they're near the beginning of the journey or if they've been going for a while and they've struggled and then they start again, it's going to be hard work because these habits are easy. It's the stuff that gives us immediate gratification that makes it feel good. The example you gave of, you know, being sad and eating, this stuff is never going to go away. Like people say, it always makes me smile when people say, you know, I had a two slices of chocolate cake on the weekend. It was really tasty. We're not going to rewire millions of years of brain chemistry here because you know, with a two-minute video each week, each day and, a, and an hour-long video each week, is this stuff's always going to be there. Anytime I go back home to my parents, I walk in the front door and I open the cupboards. And, my, and I, you know, I don't even realize it and I still do it. My mum said, you used to do that every day after school. You come home and look for food. And that was, you know, like a truffle pig. And that was <laughs> like a tall truffle pig. And that was, you know, 12 years ago. I don't know, more like 12, 13 years ago now. And I think people get so frustrated when they do well for a period you know, we're talking weeks and months here and then they go back to the habits they've had for years or decades and they get so frustrated and they're like, it's never going to work. But this is just the process. You know, me and you have both been eating quite well recently, but we've both known better. You know, this has been something me and you've been doing on a cycle for years and years and it's just how it is. You know, it's not like alcohol where people kind of break the back. Often, you know, my old man's a good example of breaking the back of not drinking and he just hasn't done it again. Food is never going to be that way. 
because it's just too prevalent in society. It's too deeply ingrained. You know, most people don't start drinking until they're, what, 14, 15, 16? When do people first start eating crap food? Before but, the thing is, well, you don't have to drink alcohol. You do yeah. have to eat food. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there's always going to be that, that you switch. Have to eat crap food. You have to eat crap food at some point, don't you? Because you're going to be at a wedding. Kids going to bake something. It's going to be times that there is no other option. I think that this whole thing with habits is, is really worth focusing on because it is just the way to make it easier long term. And it's the way to get you back on plan when you're struggling is that there's this expectation around, oh, I've, you know, I can feel my mindset changing. I've changed my habits. You haven't. You've just started. You're just mm. well on the way to doing that. And I think that's a good, you know, I, I like that. I think it's a good point to, to make. Yeah, so well, then that kind of leads us on to it. I think a lot of people, you know, talk about willpower, talk about motivation, talk about eliminating bad habits. As I alluded to, you might have got my, you know, subtle uh, thing at the start. You can't just stop bad habits. The, 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 the will, no, the will, the, the urge to do them is always going to be there. And the trigger's always going to be there. And that's kind of one thing that I get, I'd say mildly frustrated with sometimes with clients is, you know, when they're just like, I've got too much going on or, you know, I can't concentrate on this right now. It's like, this is the most important time to kind of, you know, concentrate on these things. You're never going to have three months, six months, you know, a year of stress-free, you know, no triggers going on. So it's learning to deal with those triggers. That's the important thing. And I kind of go into, you know, like what you said about your kind of me and you with our coping mechanisms. Basically, we've just got more reps in. We've got more repetitions. There's a reason why I'm better at kettlebell snatches than you. And that's because I've done thousands more. There's a reason why you're better rower than me because you're younger. No, I row. because you know, it's something <laughs> that you practice, you know, and it, it, it's kind of, it's just getting these reps in. So again, you know, we talk about the habit loop a lot and, you know, we've got done podcasts on it, but it's always going to be saying, so, I mean, obviously this is absolutely fucking useless for anyone who's listening to this on a podcast, but I'm going to hold up hands. <laughs> the trigger is always going to be there, whatever happens, whether that's stress or whether it's tiredness, whether it's emotion, whether that's lack of focus, whatever it is, you have your trigger, you have your action and you have your reward. Now, the trigger and the reward are never going to change. They're always going to be there. When you're sad, you want to be happy. No one wants to stay sad. No one wants to stay angry, I don't think. Maybe I Joe. Do some, I do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But if you ask anyone to choose a mood, right, choose a mood that you want to be today. Who's going to choose angry or sad or upset, whatever? So the trigger remains. The reward is going to be the same because it's going to be, you know, whatever the opposite way that you want to feel. If you simply ignore the action, you're stuck in this kind of limbo where you might get away with it for a little bit of time. You're using willpower. I'm fucking sad. I really want chocolate. It's going to make me happy, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That's only going to last so long. That's when people are like, I've just run out of willpower. I've lost my mojo. You know, insert whatever motivational thing in there. And that's why you need to, the trigger's not going to be there. The reward's going to be the same. You need to find a different action for a similar reward so you can piggyback that trigger. So instead of, um, you know, I'm sad, I want to be happy, I'm going to eat chocolate, that makes me happy. You need to find something else that makes you happy. Now, that's just a very stereotypical, you know, kind of trigger action reward thing, but it's fucking super, super common, isn't it? Super common with our clients. So what else makes you happy that isn't food or drink? Is it taking, you know, putting the laptop down for 10 minutes, 
going outside for a walk? Is it, you know, doing a lot of stretches? Is it doing some meditation? Is it looking at pictures of the kids? You know, I've got a great app on my phone. It's one second every day. And I've been doing that since not the Apple just gone the one before. And it's just for literally a second of footage every single day. So it's tracked us right from when we've moved twice to having Magnus and him growing up. And it's just really nice. You just, you know, I might be having a shit day because the fucking boiler's broken again today. But thankfully it's working again. You know, or, you know, this or that. And you're like, oh, you get all caught up. And you're like, oh, this is just shit. I've got into much link now. This is just shit. And you watch that and you're like, actually, fucking life's pretty good. And you just need something to jog about, whether that's watching, you know, 10 minutes of comedy on YouTube, like I say, or just going out and doing it, you know, changing your environment, going for a quick walk or whatever it is. You need to find what works for you that gives you that same reward just to pluck you out of that. Um, and then the more, like I said, the more you do that, the more repetitions you get of doing that, then the better you'll get at it. Again, like, I don't know if you find this, you'll ask people, you know, they'll do a certain action they're not happy with, which is a bad habit, and you'll say, okay, so next time that happens, what are you going to do? And they'll be like, you know what? I'm going to think about that this weekend. And then the weekend goes by, and then you're like, oh, you know, what are you coming with? And they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to, I just need to think about it. And they're waiting for this perfect answer. And again, it's really good. It goes into atomic habits. It's like the difference between um, action and I think it's, I think he says movement. Your movement could be like planning stuff and thinking about stuff, but you only get the results when you take action. And this is what happens with people that go, I'm just going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to think about uh, a perfect answer. It's like, you need to get some repetitions in. So what are you going to do specifically the next time? What, you know, just need your reaction. What makes you happy? And that's the thing that you fire. And you, it's, it's not always going to work. You need to catch yourself on that trigger point. I'm fucking upset. I want to eat cake. You know, whether you write a voice note, uh, write a voice note, do a voice note for yourself, do a video, write a note for yourself going, James, you're upset right now. You're thinking that eating chocolate cake, drinking drinking chocolate, chocolate, eating fucking Jesus Christ, drinking wine, whatever it is, is going to make you happy. He's not going to do this, this, and this and see how you feel. Just get through today. Tomorrow, I guarantee you're going to feel better. And he's putting up these little barriers and just trying these different things. And again, the more reps you do, you recognize your trigger. I'm sad. I'm upset. What am I going to do? I'm going to go, you know, play with the kids for two minutes, five minutes, whatever it is. I'm going to go get my partner home. I'm going to go put on um, three tracks, three songs that I really, really enjoy. And again, the more you build these reps, the more that becomes a habit. And the next time you're sad, you take control of your state instead of doing something you know you're going to regret. I'll let you talk in a second because I've got another one that I've kind of got some clients doing. One of the clients I've just started with this week, and she's kind of saying she eats like handfuls of nuts and what else is it? Like yogurt-covered raisins and stuff, which obviously are massively healthy, but fucking super high in calories. And she's like, I don't know why I do these. And then when she looked at, you know, I kind of looked at a questionnaire and she said she, she enjoys running. And she's got a place on the 2021 London Marathon, so she's able to do that. Um. So I said, well, all right, so the next time you go to eat these nuts, you get this handful of nuts, and you say right out loud, I'm about to eat a handful of peanuts. And then I picked this thing from a question and I says, these are keeping me fat, sad, and slow. And then see if you still want to eat them. And again, it's just putting that barrier in front of your choices. You know, people talk about mindless eating. So, okay, so everything you're going to eat, I'm about to eat this cookie. This cookie is 70 calories. This cookie is keeping me sad and, you know, ashamed of what I see in the mirror. Oh, are you going to want to eat that cookie now? Are you going to want to eat three or four or five? No. So it's just about putting these barriers in again. It's just about getting repetitions in. 
that's what's going to put the brakes on, you know, kind of if you said, if if people could have, we, we talked about this, kind of like joked about this in like, a, doing like a video for the website, is you could have someone about to eat something and we jump up and slap out the hands. And that's, you know, obviously we can't do that. That's, well, I'd love to do that. You'd have to pay us a lot to do that. But that's kind of what you need to be able to do to yourself is just go, I'm about to make this choice. And then when you say it out loud and you verbalize it, I'm about to eat this handful of nuts. This is about 300 calories. It's going to keep me fat and sat. Are you going to oh, eat them? Probably not. Or the odds, you, you make it much harder for you to make that choice. So again, it's just putting these little barriers in and, and the trigger is going to be the same, but it's realizing what you're doing and looking for a different way. And then, you know, after when you don't eat those nuts, fuck me, I'm so glad I didn't eat those nuts. You've got a positive kind of feedback loop, whereas your positive feedback loop before was eating nuts, feeling really good about it. Oh, I love those nuts. 10 minutes later, fucking hell, I shouldn't have eaten those. Whereas then you don't eat them, I fucking feel really good for not eating them. It's just changing that mindset, um, changing the outlook, again, like so kind of changing the action to the trigger. I think one of the things that <clears throat> I would go into there, the thing that you've said there about kind of reminding yourself of the reality is you're trying to speed up the process. So often what you see is people that will, they'll have a trigger, they'll eat, they'll get their reward. They don't consider it not a reward until the next morning or until the next weigh-in. So often, what you said, you know, and that's just in my experience, like you said, sometimes it'll be 10 minutes, people go, I shouldn't have eaten that. Sometimes it'll be the next day. Sometimes it'll be, you know, weeks and months where people will go, and this is more, more the one for me. I'm quite good at kind of, and a lot of people do this, they justify their eating in the moment. So they'll send me their food and they'll say, I'm perfectly happy with my decisions. We then get to their Monday weigh-in where they've not lost any weight and they go, I'm really frustrated with my progress. Okay, well, here's your food from last week, Monday to Thursday, so we have a plan. What was worth having? And this is one of the things, I don't know if you, if you do this as much because me and you take notes in a different way. I never get feedback on this. When I say, looking back at your food last week, what was worth keeping in and what wasn't worth it? And one in 10 people will go, do you know what? Most of that wasn't worth having. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to speed up that process so that instead of you having to have crap food, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, hit your way in, that we're catching that on Tuesday. When you pick up that food, so really then go, hang on, last Monday I wasn't happy with this. The Monday before I wasn't happy with this. When I signed up to sustain and I spent my 150 quid, I wasn't happy with this. You know, there's a lot of evidence that this stuff's not worth doing. We just have to look at it and you have to open your eyes to it and kind of be a bit honest with yourself about where you're at rather than just justifying our behaviours and our actions over and over. And it is hard because, like I alluded to before, we've been doing this stuff for decades. It's not going to go away. In fact, it's never going to go away. The temptation is always going to be there. It's just about how it's going to change. And if you're not willing to, to look at the reality of these things, it's going to be a lot harder. I was speaking to um, a client earlier about, he was talking about getting some hypnotherapy. And he said, what's your opinion? And I said, it reminds me a bit of the difference between physio and chiropractors. Chiropractors will do the work for you. They'll manipulate you three days a week and then leave you on your own, ultimately, whereas a physio is giving you that skill set. And hypnotherapy, you know, things like that are great, but I'm sure they are. I've not used them, but not used it before. But I know that if someone has, learns that skill set, they can then apply it again and again and again when they need it. And I think that's a really important part of this, is that it's going to take time, it's going to take effort, you're going to fuck up more times, you're successful. But that's what, you know, like we said, it's easier for us because we've done more reps, because we've failed more times and we've succeeded but that's when it comes good. Rather than giving up for a year, you give up for a day and then the next day you go, right, I'm going to do this differently. 
Yeah, so just going back to Atomic Habits, they, they quoted, I mean, we've got a couple of things in the chat there. Um, he said, I was walking last night, um, they had a, a photography class and they split it into in, in half. And one group were going to get judged on the, the quantity of photos that they said that they, they put up in their exhibition. And the other people could only set up the quality. So they only had one photo that they could submit. So it had to be an amazing photo. And what they found were the people who did the quantity actually did better photos because they got more practice because they were more kind of, not loosey-goosey, but again, they got more reps in. Whereas the other people were so stressed about getting this one perfect shot that it didn't really take many. They spent so much time researching and looking at different ways, you know, shutter speeds and lighting and stuff like that. They didn't actually practice that much. And it's the people who practiced more who got the better photos. And again, I think that goes into like the reps and, you know, my kind of ethos with clients is you just need to try something because you're not doing anything right now and that's not working. So stop looking for the perfect, you know, this perfect picture, this perfect answer. Just try something. The next time I feel down and I want to eat cake, I will watch 10 minutes of uh, comedy on YouTube. Or, you know, the next time I feel sad and down, I'm going to go for a walk for 10 minutes. I'm going to change my environment, change my state. Just try it. And it might not work. You might walk to the shop and buy some cake. You never know. Um, but we need to try something. And again, it's just trying it. And, you know, people are so scared of failing. You know, the email that I wrote today is like, you can't fail. You can only learn. Failing, technically, you know, it's an exciting thing. How many times have we fucked something up, failed something within sustain? And if the first time we did that, we went, well, might as well start another business or we might as well start another job. It would be nuts. You just got to look at it and go, right, okay, what happened? Why did that work? What are we going to try, you know, moving forward? Can I keep some of that or do I need to lose that entire approach that I just did? Um so just a couple of comments. So Joe says, definitely had a habit of eating a huge bowl of Terrell's crisps, delicious with hummus, Oof, even better. About 12 different ways of spelling hummus. Confuse them every time. It's like halloumi. Uh, cheese, peanuts, etc., and chocolate. Doing Joe's affirmations consistently for a few weeks has definitely stuck in my head. Last night, I opened my husband's bag of peanuts and took three. Fantastic, because you've changed that belief around foods. And I'm guessing because of the comment, you actually feel better for having not behaved in that way which is obviously massive. Again, it's that positive feedback loop. It's just totally different. Positive feedback before was, you are crisps, you enjoyed them, that was it. And then you got the negative feedback of, I'm not happy with kind of how I look on my body composition. Whereas now, you got that positive feedback of, I opened those nuts and I only took three. That's massive. So brilliant. So, and then Annalise says, if I want some naughty food in brackets, I don't know what that is, like dressed in lingerie, uh, I make myself the food make myself wait 15 minutes if I still want it I may have it but only after I've waited now for me um can I close that I'd want to look at the reason why you want this naughty food you know what I mean because waiting 15 minutes I don't know, again with Joe you, you hear this kind of old super thing where people go like if you have a craving wait 10 minutes drink a glass of water and see if you still want it of course you fucking still want it because you just sat there clock watching going eight and a half minutes left water's not this well is not really fucking hitting the spot. But if you're craving these naughty foods because you're feeling massively restrictive or, again, because it's due to some kind of trigger, then waiting 15 minutes is probably not going to do anything. Again, it's trigger, action, reward. So unless, you know, the reward is waiting 15 minutes, it's probably not, not going to work in my experience. Um, so I think, yeah, another thing is, you know, looking at the habits that you want to form 
and again, this is something that's come up quite a few times for me uh, over the last few weeks, is look at the habits that you want to perform or, and be really specific about them. So again, the examples I've used a couple of times with a few clients is, you know, if I say this week I want to work out more, odds of it happening, well, maybe, you know, might do one workout, one more workout. Now, if I say this week I will work out more, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, I'm going to get up at six, I'm going to have my coffee, I'm going to stretch for 20 minutes, and then at 7 a.m., I'm going to do 40 minutes of weight training routine. Which one is more likely to happen? The one where I've just said I want to work out more or the one where I've set a time, a day, you know, kind of what order I'm going to do it in is a massive, massive shift in the odds of that habit, you know, happening. It it's, it's completely pulls apart. So I think, yeah, you know, and again, you know, a lot of we get on the, the questionnaires and people are like, I just want to be healthier. Or I want to, or, or, you know, again, kind of going back to the whole photo thing is people will be like, um, Next week, I need to plan my food more or I need to eat more protein. Well, tell me specifically what you're going to do. I know we're, we're dead keen on kind of be, be specific. Tell me what you're going to do. If you think planning your food is going to help, when are you going to do it? When can I see it? You know, what are you going to plan? I think there's a big thing there about kind of the butterfly effect because you said that the difference there is is massive, isn't it? Between I'm going to train, mm. I'm going to train at this time, this location, and this is what I'm going to do. And that actually... The difference between you saying, I'm going to train next week and I'm going to do it here at this time and doing this is tiny, probably 10 seconds worth of thought. And like you were talking about before, is that people aren't willing to, to be specific for that fear of failure, but you just need to say it. There's no bad repercussion that comes from this for you not hitting it. It just doesn't matter because odds on, you know, even if say you commit to training four times a week and you only do two, that is better than you have been doing. And I think that's so, it's so key to get those specifics down because then it's a bit like, say, you know, if you turn on your sat nav, we're in Leeds and we're going to London and it said drive south and then turned off, you, you know, you wouldn't do very well. Or if it says two and a half miles, take this exit, then you're going to go left, et cetera, et cetera. You've got that roadmap to follow. We talked before about habits and, well, the whole thing's about habits. But the reason that people struggle is because we have to make decisions. The more decisions we have to make, the more chance people have got of making the wrong decisions. If you make these decisions in advance, it's really easy because you're just following decisions that have been made already. When people say, I wish I had my own chef to cook food for me, this is the same thing, is that then you're taking away that decision-making by doing it when you're in a good mind frame. And I think that without that little bit of effort, that's when things start to go downhill because people haven't got that roadmap to follow. And it's such a small thing. You know, the other day, my mum bumped her steps up so her hip was sore. And then that then meant that she had a slice of cake, which then meant she had three slices of cake, which meant she went to Asda and got a bottle of beer and some peanuts. So you look and like, and it's this massive calorie intake and she's done brilliantly for ages, but it all stemmed from moving her steps up too much. And it's such a small action. You know, all she has to do is cut her steps back by a couple of thousand. It's come from a good place, but it's then had this massive knock-on effect. It's the same with planning your workouts, just committing time, a location, a frequency, and a basic plan i'm going to lift some weights it's just enough to then have this this huge knock-on effect i kind of call it like the gunshot wound sometimes you've got this small entry point this massive exit wound where all of this stuff happens because you've done one 30 second act you know you said before people say oh, i'll plan my food next week often it's just tell me a meal you'd like i said to a lady the other day um she had a domino's pizza a galaxy bar something else and i said okay so we need to do a bit more planning 
what takeaways could you like? I like eating Thai food. I like eating Moroccan food. There's a nice Moroccan place near me. Loads of options there, for protein and veg. And a message to me today was, my husband's not very well, so I'm going to think about this later. And I just thought, it just takes 30 seconds. You know, I'm not... A knee-jerk thing, isn't it? It's just, yeah. What food do you like eating? You don't need to like, whoa. Mm. I'm not asking for the restaurant and the, and yeah. the number. I'm not going to or check. The, or the ingredients. Like, what yeah. food do you like eating, Joe? Well, I like eating fish and chips, steak and chips. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's not... And that's why I say with the, with the like emotional eating stuff, it's just like, knee-jerk reaction. What makes you happy? You don't need to go off and take two days to think about this. What makes me happy? Spending time with family, listening to music, watching comedy, you know, playing with my son. Yeah, going for a walk, listening to books, cooking with my missus, you know, and I can think of that stuff because, you know, maybe because I've done it before, also because I just put the effort into doing it. I think one thing, there's a, a caveat to some of the stuff that you said that I, I wanted to go into. And I think sometimes people, people fall into this quite quickly and it's a, a symptom of kind of the self-help industry is that we can always change the way that we feel. And I think, that, you know, I totally agree with everything that you're saying. I also think there's, there's a time and place for saying it's unrealistic to expect to be happy all the time. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not feeling good because I've had a bad day, so I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to dance around the kitchen. You might still feel like hot shit. So it just, we have to sometimes accept that today's a bad day. I'm going to want to eat crap food until I go to bed. But that's all I've got to do is I've just got to get to bed. And this happens to me all the time because I'll get, you know, I'm a, I'm a typical nighttime eater. I can wake up in the morning. Everything's good. I'm going to be on plan today. And then it gets to seven o'clock at night and I'm, and, you know, I'm getting a bit twitchy. It's nine, eight o'clock, nine o'clock and it's getting worse. And that would be historically the times when I would struggle the most and go off plan. And actually, you just need to go to bed. You just need to get to the end of that day. You know, like often if my missus will say, you know, are you all right? You're seeing a bit of a down mood. Is there anything I can do? I just need to get to the end of today. That's all. I, you know, there's nothing I can do here. It's going to make me suddenly go, oh, I feel brilliant. I could go for a dog walk. I could listen to a book. I could watch what I like on TV. Still not going to be very happy. But odds on, I'll wake up the next day and feel loads better. And if I don't, and I just apply the same logic, you know, I'll feel better tomorrow. And very quickly, you know, unless you've got a medical condition, you know, depression, anxiety, this stuff does tend to shift faster than it stays around for. You know, it's the, the exception to the rule having a bad day. Most days for most people aren't bad. I think that we need to keep that in mind sometimes. If something really bad has happened, you know, you hear about, I've got a few clients recently who've got sore, uh, poorly in-laws or their parents are poorly. And it's such a tough one to approach as a coach because you know those habits are there to, to make themselves feel better. You don't want to say, don't binge eat ice cream because your father-in-law is really ill. So you just have to approach it from the right perspective of, this is absolutely horrendous. There's nothing you can do here. But you can choose now which coping mechanism you go for. And I would recommend you try to choose one that you'll be happier with long term. You know, let's just look at getting through this without smashing down loads of calories. And it's, it's really hard for people. And some people will go, yeah, that makes sense. I can do that. And other people go, no, nope, I'm just going to eat whatever I like. And then that's absolutely fine. But it's just trying to change that mindset around these things. And I think that's a, a good caveat to have sometimes because people can endlessly search for the way to be happy and actually there's deeper issues or it's just going to take time yeah there's, there's definitely levels to it in fact i told one of my clients off the other day for apologizing because she'd gone to the hospital to get some results um you know what i mean luckily they were fine but then she skipped to breakfast because she was nervous about going and collecting the results 
uh, and then she'd ate like a, a pan of chocolate or something. She's like, oh, I'm really sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, there's levels to this, you know what I mean? There's a difference between you skipping your breakfast and eating a pastry, which isn't, you know, as a, you know, it's not the most nutritious meal, I'm not saying. I'm not, uh, you know, endorsing pan of chocolate, so that we used to have cross on Friday at Primal. Um, but then there's different levels between you skipping your breakfast and eating that because you're worried about, you know, possibly life-changing results or something that's going to change the course of your life from that day on compared to someone who's pissed off with someone in HR because they heard them talking about someone. You know, that's not worth getting stressed about. Or the same breath, you know, you having those results and then having fish and chips, a sticky toffee pudding, you know, three pints of lager. And then suddenly you're going, and it just doesn't stop. And it's, you know, it's, it's laughable when you talk about it, but God, I've done that numerous times where you just go and go and go and go until you know you run out of steam and it's it's about trying to change those you know it's, we talk about it, people sometimes saying well, i've swapped my milk for skim's milk like but let's just look at the big issues and you know we had uh, someone the other week getting frustrated because they hadn't been given some guidance on what was it again adrenal fatigue <laughs> and menopausal symptoms of on tuesday morning and of their first week yeah of their first of their first week and it's just like we just need to look at the bigger issues and i think that's your habits will probably give a key to that. You know, this is one of the, the key things with the affirmations, isn't it? Is where have you historically gone wrong? You know, it's not because you've not had enough water. It's not because of your sweet potato portions. There's something that you do, that I do, that each client does more often than not. And that's where we need to work. And, and habits is it. So, yes, yeah, so move it on. Back to habits. Well, to summarise. Yeah. So... You know, to create good habits, you want to make it as easy as possible. And I think this is something we try to ram down our clients' throats in the nicest possible way. Probably a terrible analogy when we talk about nutrition. But it's, you know, people give up stuff because it's hard. If something's really easy to do, guess what? It's going to be easy to stick to. That's a fucking no-brainer, isn't it? Um so you've got to look at what do I want to do, right? Well, you know, what's the easiest path of me doing that? And if my, the, the, what I want to do is I want to eat more protein. I want to eat more vegetables. Now, is it realistic for me to cook every single meal from scratch, every single raw ingredient, you know, buy everything, you know, make my own sauces and all this? Fuck, no, it's not. Because we're all busy. We've all got jobs to do. We've got families to look after. We've got, you know, stuff to do, whatever it is. So then what's the easiest way possible? Is it buying? fucking frozen veg is it buying microwave rice is it buying you know pre-cooked or um you know cooked from frozen protein sources look at the easiest way possible like you know it talks about in atomic habits you know, something with the less the least amount of friction possible that's going to help you get to it so again like with the planning foods you know is it that so another kind of um example just moving away from food kind of i use one of my clients is she was saying She's got a barbell, she's got kettlebells and stuff at home, but she just can't get motivated to train. It just kind of gets her around the day and she doesn't end up doing it. So the same kind of thing with the food, you know, we talk about is, you know, like batch cooking and prepping and stuff like that. If you, when people get in from work and they're tired and they're hungry and they order a takeaway, because that's easy. And we say, you know, I use this as an example. If I knocked on your door, said, hi, Joe, here's your meal. Go put it in the microwave for three minutes you'd be more likely to stick to that meal plan, wouldn't you? Simple as. So again, making it as easy as possible. Now, we're not going to deliver you food for you, again, unless you want to pay us a lot of money. 
So you need to look at the way that you can make that happen. Again, is that batch cooking? Is it having stuff that you, you know, it's quick cook, salmon, prawns, stir fries, etc. So I said to her, she wanted to work out. I said, okay, so why don't you, if you're going to work out Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, Sunday night, you put your work stuff away. She's working for her. Put your work stuff away. You get the barbell out. You get your kettlebells out. You write out your workout. You put that down there. You go to bed. You put out your gym clothes. You're moving your head, Joe, like you're looking at someone else just as someone's coming in my house. It's really confusing. <laughs> you know, but again, it's you're making it much more likely to happen. You're making it easier to happen because you wake up, there's my gym clothes, I put them on. You go down, there's my barbell, there's my kettlebells, there's my workout. I'm going to have my coffee, I'm going to do my workout. Again, it's making it easy to fit that into your life, into that habit. And then, you know, after a certain amount of reps, a certain amount of time, that is going to become your habit. On a Sunday night, on a Tuesday night, on a Thursday night, I set out my workout stuff, I write on my workout, put on my workout clothes, and I do my workout the following morning. You're removing excuses. Again, you're removing that kind of friction, making it happen. You get home from work, um, your meal's ready. Slow cooker. Huh? Um, you know, you're good to go. You got, you're removing, again, that friction, those excuses. Oh, God, get in. Oh, I'm fucking starving. I'm really tired. I've had a really shit day. I'm fucking hungry. Right, I'm just going to fucking order a takeaway. No, because my meal's there. What do I need to do? Two minutes of microwave and the rice. Ding! Cook some broccoli. Bing! Serve up my stew. There you go. Sorted. Again, it's removing that friction until that becomes a habit. Um, you know, a small one that I use with clients is, is struggling with water. Okay, what's the specific struggle? I just forget to drink it. Okay, so you eat breakfast, you eat lunch, you eat dinner, have a pint of water at each one, piggyback that habit. as something that you already do. Something you already do, you always have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, have a pint of water with it. That's nearly two liters of water done. You know, it's, it's easy. And then, sooner or later, becomes a habit. Have my breakfast, where's my pint of water? Have my lunch, where's my pint of water? And that's kind of how you slowly build those habits, but it's by making it as easy as possible. It's by piggybacking other habits. I'm trying to stretch more. Now, every morning I have a coffee. So I have my coffee and then I stretch for 20 minutes. And that's kind of the habit that I'm trying to create for my old Alsatian-like hips. It's been living in a terrace house for 20 years. Um, so yeah, it's all about just making it easy for me. Make it as easy as possible to achieve what you want to achieve. There's something in the research as well that shows that, you know, the harder a habit is, the harder it is to then to build up to. So what I mean by that is giving up smoking is one of the hardest things for people to do. And so the way that you can work around that is kind of building your wins first and starting with habits that you enjoy. So, for example, one thing that I've started doing now is I've got my, um, my, notebook, got my, <laughs> got my notebook with my tasks in and I have certain tasks each day, which are things that I enjoy. So it's stuff like listening to my books or, or listening to my audio books, reading my books. And it's then, so say someone's trying to, to give up smoking or someone's trying to eat more veg or someone's trying to exercise more. So something they particularly struggle with is that you start by working on smaller things. You commit to reading 15 minutes a day, three days a week. Something really easy and you tick that box and then you can gradually scale that up. And it's like building a, a muscle, working a muscle. So they did this with people with posture. So they had to, I think, set alarm on their phone every time their phone went off they adjusted their posture and they then start to do that consistently and they there's different willpower tests you can do one of them is putting your hand in cold water one how long can you last for one of them is how long will people work at puzzles before they give in and they found that the people who'd worked on building these simple habits around their posture 
then had more willpower in completely unrelated tasks. So I think if you're looking at this stuff thinking, I've no idea where to start, pick something you enjoy and make that a habit. Make that something that you do consistently. Because, the, you know, I've got a lot of clients sometimes who are just so far away from being able to cook or exercise consistently. And you just think, where do I start with this person? Like they can't, they can't answer my questions, let alone exercise consistently or plan their food. And actually, you're just better doing baby steps and saying, okay, well, what's something you enjoy? I enjoy walking my dog. Okay, well, how can we make that into a healthier habit? Maybe you, know, you can commit to doing 15 minutes a day and then 20 and then 25 and then 30. And now you're in a better position to take on something bigger. And I think that's a really good build-up step that people would benefit from, from engaging with. If, you know, if you're struggling and all the stuff we've said there, you think, God, I don't know where to start. Just start with something. Just work on building any kind of habit. Work on building your willpower. Yeah, and I think another good thing to there is kind of if you if you well, you can write down all the habits, all the things that you do each day as well, uh, and then like I say about piggybacking those. So piggybacking, you know, it's just an easy example of piggybacking water every time you eat. Um, but then, you know, you can look at things that you really enjoy during doing in your day and stick in a habit that you maybe don't want to do in front of that. So that becomes almost like a reward afterwards. So if you enjoy watching, I know you do, Joe, Coronation Street. <laughs> you can do something before that that maybe is prepping your meals. So maybe prepping your meals for the following day, and then once you finish that, you get to watch Coronation Street or whatever it is. That's obviously a massive sweeping generalization of our clients. Um, that's another way of kind of stacking those habits and getting that, right, I do this and do that. I had this actually with um, Amy, um, our admin, and she was saying... So she has two kids to get ready for school. She has two dogs, which is quite boisterous. She's going to get the nuts chopped off. Told her off for it. Um, and she would struggle on a morning sometimes to get all the kids bre uh, breakfast prepped and, and kind of get them out the door on time and do the school run and all that stuff. So it's like, why do you start prepping their breakfast or prepping breakfast the night before? So, you know, you have dinner, you finish dinner, you prep the following day's breakfast, then you do the washing up, then you're done. Because, you know, you think if you do... Now, I'm not generalising that women do the washing up. I do the washing up in this house. Um, you know, you have dinner, you do the washing up, you sit down, you watch TV, you get settled in. Oh, I've got to go prep the breakfast. Again, it's more friction. If you do that before you do what you want to do, which is just chill out, it's more likely to happen. And again, that could become part of your habit. You prep all the breakfast, you prep all the stuff for the following day, you do your washing up, everything's done, everything's ready for tomorrow, chill out for a few hours, go to bed, wake up, you're good to go. It's just another way of stacking those habits of finding the easiest way possible of doing something instead of getting up going, fuck, I've got four breakfasts to make here and the dogs. I've got to get, make sure these guys get dressed. I've got to make sure they've got all the shit for school. Got to get them out of the door. Got to get to school on time. You're just causing more friction, more, more pain. Um, so yeah, that that's me. Is kind of like look at things that you can hijack. Look at things that you already do. How can you squeeze something else in there that you want to do? That you want to make it uh, become a habit. And again, that's two habits there. One, I want to be able to prep breakfast. But two, I want to make sure that I have a nutritious breakfast in the morning, so it doesn't lead me to having cravings and eating crap mid morning. So you've killed kind of two birds with one stone there. All good? No. Got bad habits to go, yeah. You've got, you've got more. Go. Yeah, bad habits is just... Um, we've only gone for 45 minutes so far. Bad habits is Wait. just the opposite. So make it hard as possible to, to do them. You know, you want to make it as easy as possible to form a good habit. 
make it as hard as possible. So if you have a fucking cookie jar in your kitchen, you keep on eating cookies, put the fucking jar away and make it a little bit harder. Um, you know, again, it's going to become down to specifics, but say, and again, this is not, this is just an example, you know, say you spend loads of time scrolling through social media. So say I sit here and I spend all my time not doing my work, not being productive, scrolling through social media. What's an easy way of me reducing the friction or making it more friction? Get my fucking phone out of the room. Leave my phone downstairs. Or, you know, if I need to use my phone, I stand up to go through social media. Or I do that thing where I say, I say it out loud, right, I'm going to scroll through social media for 15 minutes and waste my time, not learn anything, get more and more friction. I've got, a I've got a brilliant one on that. That's something I really struggle with. There's an app called Mo. I think it's called Off Time. Yeah. Looks like this. I think you can do it on a lot of uh, iPhones now where you can just set them. And this, this, this one is a bit, it's a bit kind of loose. It's a bit cheap. But once you set the time, if you pick it up, the timer goes off. And there's right. nothing you can do. You have to delete the app to get it off because it's cheap and it's free. And it's actually worked so well the last few weeks with me for just... In, because then picking up my phone is an inconvenience because the alarm goes off and so it just like you said it makes it harder because otherwise there's nothing to stop me picking up my phone you know this is why global technology is so big now because it gives people a buzz to check their phones to get notifications so you have to make there be you have to take away that reward you have to make it a negative and the fact i pick it up and alarm goes off forces my hand so the temptation is always there that will never change but you're putting an obstacle in the way and making it painful to do so. Painful because it's, you know, a noise, it's an inconvenience. I just thought it was a really useful thing because that's something so many people struggle with, and myself included, then that's made a big difference recently. Yeah, so it's just whatever way you can make it harder for you to perform that bad habit. Uh, Joe wants to know what the app's called, mate. On it. Um, highlight the benefits and the negatives of doing it. It's one I, I pulled for, kind of from the book. It's kind of like, you know, again, you feel going to like, have a takeaway and drink a, a bottle of wine, what's the positives and what are the negatives of that? Well, the positives are I'll feel good tonight. The negatives are I'm fucking going to feel like shit tomorrow and I'm going to regret that choice because I've just consumed a thousand calories. Um, again, is that going to then go, yeah, fuck it, I'm still going to do it. Now, that, I don't want us people to think that we're some kind of like food dancers. You can never drink wine. You can never do this and do that. But what we want, you know, the entire aim of sustaining is to make sure our clients are healthy, they're happy, they're in control of their choices and realistic about it. You know, you can realistically eat a thousand calories in a meal and be fine with it. That's cool. What we don't want is kind of people eating a thousand calories in a meal and being sad about it or upset or kind of regretting it. So yeah, for me, I can again bad habits is looking at that that trigger, that action, that reward and kind of trying to rewire that and then making it as hard as possible to do them. Um yeah, well, that's it for kind of bad habits. Like I said, you can't ignore bad habits. The triggers are always going to be there. You're going to want the path of least resistance. It's just human nature. But sometimes you've got to go beyond that. You know, it's like using correct form in the gym, isn't it? You know, the correct form of an exercise is the hardest way possible of doing it. And that's where you see people swinging around, you know, barbell curls or doing shit squats and stuff like that. It's because that's an easy way of doing it. If you really want the hardest way possible to do it to get the best results so you want to make you know your bad habits as hard as possible to do um, create as much friction between them as you possibly do and again it comes down to the individual and that's why coaching works so well because we can look at what you do and make it hard as possible to do it and then look at what you want to do and make it as easy as possible to do it and then when you give us a really lazy answer like I'm going to prep more we can say we need to do more. when 
Yeah. When, when are you going to prep? Send it through to me. I'm going to work out more. When? When are you going to work out more? What are you going to do? What time? Good. Happy. Starving. Going to go fish and chips. I'm not really. That's <laughs> a lie. Right, gang. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, it's been a pleasure. Joe's going to close this because uh, I'm not in charge. Speak to you later. Bye.